0: Five, five, four, four, three, three, two, two, one, 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 one. We
1: have ignition. Strap in. You're tuned into the God Stories Radio Podcast. www.godstoriesradio.com. And Welcome to God Stories Radio. This is Session 51. I'm Mike. I'm Fritz. And I'm Trish. She's
2: there. She's here. Hi,
0: I'm back. (laughs) (laughs) By the way,
1: this is God
2: Stories Radio bringing hope and comfort through the power of the Christian testimony. Yes, it is.
1: And Fritz, how was your week?
2: Uh, You know, I've had a a really good week. I think I'm going to be okay uh, employment-wise at this time. God seems to be taking care of me. I've had a little stomach Thing the last couple of days, mm. stomach thing
1: foregoing that uh desk that you want in here so badly,
2: yes, I know, boy, you know I wasn't feeling good if I turning down my free new desk, mm-hmm. my I producer's desk that. that I was blessed with, yes, so other than that, I've had a really good week. How about you, Mikey
1: um Pretty good. Pretty good. We, uh, You know, we sat down with, uh, I'll bring it up, uh, we sat down with WTLN last week. That's right. With uh, Mr. John Stoltz. And uh, we went through uh, about an hour and a half of a meeting with him. You know, obviously they offered stuff that, uh, you know, to try and get on air and, you know, $200 a month for... Uh, f- four weekend shows, I think it is, and so um, you know, obviously that's not in the the cards at this point. I mean, it will be, I'm sure. Uh, but then he also gave us uh, a name of uh, one of their uh, their personalities on a Saturday night at eleven o'clock at night to one in the morning.
0: Mm, mm. Some hurting folks
1: And I um, I stayed up to listen to him. Awesome. And Pastor John Diaz or Johnny Diaz. And I called him this week, and he was pretty excited. I even asked him to give his testimony on here. He was pretty excited. He said that he would, he wanted me on, but I says there's three of us. So, <laughs> and uh, so anyway, uh, waiting to hear back from uh, Johnny Annette and hopefully, who knows where God's going to take that.
2: I'm pretty excited. If, if I'm not mistaken, I think Salem Communications is the largest. Christian Broadcasting Network.
0: Yes, they have ninety-nine in the radio stations. Isn't that right? Yeah. Yep. Very exciting. So
2: I think that could be next level GSR.
0: Amen. Oh. Yeah,
2: that's would be. We're praying about it, and uh, hope that you will too. So, Trish, what's going on? Mm,
0: what a week! What a day! Um, I did the marriage retreat. It was fabulous. Did you retreat? I retreated. <laughs> Poolside. Did Jim retreat? You tweeted. Yes, I tweeted. I tweeted pictures of Jim in the pool. (laughs) And then um, today was crazy. I got called in to testify on an old guardian Lightem case. And it was a case that actually scared me. And uh, I had to go and testify today. And the guy showed up. That I'm testifying against in a orange jumpsuit because he's oh boy. serving time. Ooh.
2: Does that mean they're they're crazy or does that dangerous? Dangerous.
0: It could be dangerous and crazy. This one is actually both. He falls under both. And um, there were in this case nine years ago there were five adults involved and six children and of the five adults he was the single one that frightened me for these children. And here we are nine years later and he's in prison for attempted murder and now they're asking me to testify against him (laughs) to terminate his parental rights. So I, of course, sat outside the courtroom and I prayed and I prayed and I said, God, please give me the words. I don't know where these children belong. I don't believe they belong with him. I'm scared of him, but I know that you'll protect me, and I know that you're faithful, and, and I prayed for a hedge of protection around me. And within 15 minutes, the attorney pops his head out of the courtroom, and he says, "Miss Fletcher Goldstone, you do not need to testify. Mm. Oh, that was nice. And I said, what? Wow. He said, the judge considers your testimony Duplicative of the case from two thousand five, two thousand six, and your opinion has already been put on record and it's been noted. And so thank you for coming today. (laughs) I was like,
2: And I learned a new word. Duplicative. (laughs) Duplicative. That is word of the evening. Duplicative.
0: Duplicative. (laughs) 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 Wow. So it's almost like what i said nine years ago still stands today that opinion then counts now so amen i didn't have to say a word (laughs) all
2: right that is awesome isn't that awesome tell me the father doesn't know what he's doing
0: right (laughs) who knew nine years ago that you know fast forward that day would come but speaking of which
2: I can't wait for you to intro our guest there, Trish. I I just don't want to babble anymore. I want to get right to it. because I'm sorry. Uh, no, 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 that's fine. fine. I've just been looking forward to having uh, Nancy with us now for a couple of weeks. We talked about her last week briefly, so I kind of feel like I know a little bit about her.
0: But, I try to spread the gospel wherever I go, hmm. including SeaWorld.
3: Mm-hmm. I met Nancy
0: <laughs> sitting and watching... What is, the, what is the Purpose's name? Help me out. Shamu? Shamu. Right. We were watching Shamu, and I started talking to Nancy mm-hmm. Evanson here, and um, I told her about God's Stories Radio, and she told me about some work that she's done, and I asked her if she'd come and share testimony. So um, we exchanged emails, and with that, I'll give you Nancy. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome, Nancy. Welcome to the show. Thank you. We're it's, so
2: glad you're here because uh, we ask a lot of people, and not everybody says yes.
4: Well, it does take a certain type of courage, does it not? Yes.
2: <laughs> well, I think yeah, not only courage, but courage to be to take the challenge before mm-hmm. you come, because uh, most everybody that uh, gives us a yes or I'll be there is challenged in some way right. before they come. So,
1: mm-hmm. and and you mentioned before we started the, about the. Uh,
0: Spiritual warfare. Spiritual warfare. Absolutely. last
1: week's guest, Session 50, even his kids were being attacked, he was telling us. So we know all about it.
4: Yes, I I know about spiritual warfare, and I've had an amazing life. I've I've been very blessed in my life. And I, as you know, Trish, I uh, recently got my doctorate from Southern Baptist Seminary, and... um, It was in Scripture and Interpretation, Old Testament, and that's my heart love, the Old Testament. And so as I meditate on my testimony in my life, I think back on some of the stories from the Old Testament. And one of them that always stood out to me was the time where Joshua, you know, the children of Israel were crossing over the Jordan to the promised land. And they were instructed to take stones, 12 stones, to go back and set them up in the middle of the river as a memorial to remember from where they had come and how God had brought them there. And as I think about my life, I think there are several memorial stones, and I think about them every now and again, and they give me encouragement and courage to continue forward with what God has called me to do. And so as I was praying about this evening, I was thinking about sharing uh, somewhat along those lines some of the memorial stones, the stones of remembrance that I see God has erected in my life to remind me of who He is, Mm. what He has intended for me, and to kind of encourage me to continue forward following the Lord. Because as you know, with the spiritual warfare, the battles within, the battles without... It becomes very hard sometimes to persevere, Mm -hmm. and perseverance is so vital to the Christian walk. So I'm going to share a couple of my memorial stones, if that's okay. That's That's
2: amazing, Nancy, because I was just studying that last night in Deuteronomy.
4: Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. Absolutely. I I just was. That's amazing. (laughs) Well, it's a God thing, isn't it? It sure
2: sure is.
4: (laughs) Well, I think one of my first memorial stones—now, don't um, laugh—is basically, I exist, Uh, And and the reason I say that's a memorial stone, my mother had complications Mm -hmm. when I um, was being carried, and it was very difficult for her. And there was a point where she thought she was losing me. And even in the delivery room, there were difficulties, and they had to take me with forceps and all of these complications. And so for me to exist, in my mind, means that... Not only do I exist, but God has a plan for my life. Mm. Because I exist, God has a plan for my life. And so that's one of the first things I think back on as I think about why am I here, (laughs) you know? There is a reason. It's not random. It's not just some accident. I exist for a purpose, and God had a reason for me coming to this world. And so as I think about my life, I'm very blessed in many ways because I was born to a mother who knew the Lord. I heard about the Lord Jesus from the b- before I was born, I'm sure. <laughs> and I know I was uh-huh. prayed for before I was born by m- my mother. And so she was the first person who taught me about the Lord Jesus. And she was the first person who showed me the Lord Jesus. We all need to see. Jesus. And the only way we have sometimes is through the actions of people around us. And so I was very blessed that I was in in the home of the person who was showing me the Lord and his compassion and his love and his kindness. And so she's the one who taught me that Jesus saves. And at a very young age, before I even have memory I asked the Lord to save me. I know from it because of the testimony of my mother, but also because I've had this relationship with the Lord Jesus as long as I can recall. I've known him as my friend, as my savior. I've asked him what to do. <laughs> you know, through my years growing up, I've always asked the Lord, What do you want for me to do? I know I belong to you. I know you have a, a purpose for me. And I always ask why why am I here? And I even recall asking my mother that at a very young age, why do I exist, you know? And she would always tell me the same thing. She would say, you exist for the glory of God over and over again. If I ever came back to ask that question, and I even ask that question today, sometimes if you get so frustrated with life, you get so frustrated with the ongoing challenges, things that just come out of nowhere and knock you down. And you say, Lord, why do I exist? And I always hear the same answer in the back of my head, I exist for the glory of God. It's not the glory of Nancy. It's not Mm -hmm. the glory of anything else. I exist for the glory of God. And sometimes that's the only thing that keeps me going because I think, you know, it's bigger than I am. God is everything. I am really nothing without him. And I exist for his glory. And so that would be the second memorial stone in my life, hearing that, why do I exist? I exist for the glory of God. And that has kind of impelled me through my whole life to seek God's will in um, my life. One of the blessings in my life is that I learned at a very young age the consequences of sin. <laughs> <laughs> now, this is you may laugh at this, but... My encounter with disobedience, one of the ones that stands out to me, had to do um, with a bicycle ride when I was five years old or right close to turning a different age. I was told never to ride one of the big bikes, you know, the big no training wheels kind of bikes right. because they were too big for me. Right, right, right. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, my daughter is just about to graduate. To one yeah,
4: well, I disobeyed. One day, <laughs> I, I, there was this bike in our yard. Someone was over at my house, and my family was inside. They weren't watching. I got on the bike, even though I knew I was disobeying. You know how you try and cover things up when you're little, and even when we're older. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and I rode this bike, and I ended up flipping the bike and landing on my head. And I, I had hit my head quite hard against the concrete, I remember getting up and thinking, oh, I'm going to be in such trouble. <laughs> I went inside and I told her I told her I'd fallen off the bike, but I did not tell her exactly the whole context, that it was this big bike and that I had hit my head on the concrete. But it became pretty apparent soon that I was seriously ill because I had started being sick and I couldn't keep my eyes open, scared her to death. <laughs> she ended up mm-hmm. taking me to the doctor. They determined I had a, a concussion, concussion, certainly, but they thought I had fractured my skull. And it was quite serious, in fact. The doctor, my mother accidentally overheard someone in the hospital that, talking about my case. They couldn't do anything that night, but he was saying how you know serious it was. Scared her to death. I do remember this. I remember the entire night, Her, as I woke up, I was going in and out, and I do remember this vividly. She sat by my side, and I know she prayed the entire night long. And I woke up briefly, and she said, um, I don't remember the full conversation, but I know she said, do you want, you say, do you want to say your nighttime prayer? <laughs> That's okay. Sure, I'll say my nighttime prayer. <laughs> so we, we prayed. And, but I, at, in the morning, when I woke up, it was like a switch had been thrown, and I popped up. And everything seemed fine. The doctor came in and, I mean, they were a little hesitant. They still did the scans and everything. But he was surprised to find there was really nothing that they could find with the, the skull or anything. And I think God healed me that night.
1: I think he did, too.
4: And I'll tell you this. What I learned from that, as I've meditated on it over and throughout my life, I disobeyed. And I did suffer the consequences of that. I was restored by God's mercy and healed by God's grace. There are consequences to sin that linger. And one of them, my eyes seriously took a downward turn at that point. And so I've struggled with eyesight since that point. And um, actually, I think in some ways a good thing, because it always reminds me there are consequences to mm-hmm. sin. God is gracious. God is merciful. But sometimes we have to live with the consequences of what our rebellion causes. And so that's really, you know, the third memorial stone in my life, the fact that God is so gracious and he's our healer, he's our redeemer, and that there are, you know, consequences to sin, but he can restore situations and turn them around for good. As I think about the rest of my life, I think about how God has provided. (laughs) Oh, my, there are so many stories I can tell you about how I had nothing and God just gave me exactly what i needed. One of the most interesting or miraculous in my mind <laughs> was a time i was in seminary. I was going to seminary a first time around to get my masters in communication and i was trying my very hardest to make it on my own and not have to get help from home and all of these things. And I was making every penny stretch, ramen noodles, tuna, peanut butter, you know, the works, you yeah, know, yeah. trying to.
0: <laughs> You're talking to a 20-year student uh, here, I Exactly.
4: <laughs> oh, yes. I was doing everything. And my shoes were wearing out. And I literally had a hole in one of my shoes. And I was too proud to tell anyone and too proud to ask for help from home. <laughs> so I told God, I was like, Lord, I know you made the church the, – Israelites' shoes not wear out. I know you have cattle on a thousand hills. You can provide shoes for me, and I actually literally prayed that. And right after I would prayed that prayer, I ended up going to the mall close to the seminary I was going to at the time. And this has never happened. Never happened to me before, and never afterwards. Right. But that day, there was a lady there asking for volunteers for a taste test. And she said, you would get a certain amount of money if you did this taste test. Well, I was a student. I had all the time in the world. (laughs) I just had no money. So... um, I have a mouth I can eat. I know, right? right? (laughs) Feed me, sure. (laughs) And I went and I took this taste test, expecting really not to get much from it at all. But at the end of the taste test, she gave me just enough money to buy a pair of shoes that I had seen that I needed. Mm -hmm. And so... I think, you know, that was definitely a divine answer to a prayer. God provided what I needed Mm -hmm. at the time that I needed it. And so I think back, you know, God is my provider and he will provide all my needs. So that was kind of the fourth memorial stone that I meditate on sometimes. And other things have happened through my life. Um, I'm sure everybody can give examples where they needed something and prayed and the Lord really showed up in an amazing way. As I think through different things in my life, I finished seminary the first time around. I started working for University Christian Fellowship briefly and served there for several years. I did a musical drama company stint <laughs> <to extent laughs> for a year and ended up going on some mission trips. After that, I joined Campus Crusade for Christ, um, and that's where I work currently still, but uh, did some mission trips. And I really came to understand that God is also the one that opens doors. Mm -hmm. And one story I have that's really indicative of this and just (laughs) is another huge answer to prayer that I would like to share. I was on a trip to East Asia, one of those countries, you know, (laughs) Mm -hmm, in East Asia. mm -hmm. And it was really uh, an exploratory trip. We were going praying, praying that God would move, praying that God would open doors for the Jesus film. We had some Jesus film, different products to distribute kind of as surreptitiously as we could, mm-hmm. and we were walking down this this street, and my partner and I passed this huge building, and it was quite grand for where we were, and there was there were statues of children in the lawn of this building, and we didn't know what it was, but we were praying that God would open doors, and I specifically remember praying, Lord, just open doors for us to share the gospel. And as we finished praying that exact prayer, the gate that we were just getting up to opened of this building. Well, my partner and I looked at each other and we looked at this gate and we were like, we have to go in. It's an
1: open invitation, <laughs> confirmation.
4: You know, you pray something, you see something happen, you have to follow through in faith. Amen. So, we we walked up this long kind of winding driveway. There was a bus a kind of resting in the driveway being loaded with children. And we introduced ourselves to some of the people there who seemed to be in charge and i was able to introduce myself as someone who had worked with children in because i had taught daycare <laughs> one of my one of my jobs at seminary the first time and um i told them i w- was interested in the building and asked them to give some information and it turned out it was like a it was uh like a boy scouts girl scouts communist style <laughs> if you will and so They gave us a grand tour. It was amazing. They showed us everything. They showed us presents that presidents had left and people who had visited had left there. And as we were leaving, I asked if we could give them a present. And they were, of course, they were thrilled to get another present. And guess what we gave them? (laughs) (laughs) The word. (laughs) Absolutely. And the amazing thing was they took it. Um, very happily, and they said, we have a a player in our our vehicle. We'll listen to this on our trip. (laughs) And so I can just imagine those children for the first time could have heard the gospel um, because God opened the door to get his word out. And that's the way it is. Everywhere I go, God makes a way. When there are people who need to hear the gospel, he will open the door, and he will provide a way for the gospel to get to the people who need to hear it. And so that... That was number five, that God will open doors to allow his good news to go forth. And I continue serving with um, Campus Crusade. And for quite a while, I'm still working with them actually. But as I was serving, I had this feeling in my heart that I needed to do something else. I always knew I wanted to go back to school. But uh, there was a point where I got this feeling I should go back and get my doctorate in, in of all things Old Testament. (laughs) Now I've questioned the Lord on this quite a lot because it made no sense to me because for one, I'm a woman and in my, especially in my denomination, that's not necessarily something that they encourage women to teach in higher education areas. And so, but the other thing I, I just didn't understand how I could make use of that in my life. And so I prayed a lot about what to do and the Lord confirmed over and over that I was supposed to do this. He made uh, a way for me to continue working with my current ministry and get my degree on-site in Louisville, Kentucky, so that um, I could pay for all my bills, not have to worry about, you know, shoes wearing out at this point. He was fully providing. He gave me a scholarship that was just out of the blue. You, you had mentioned your scholarship, I yeah. think I heard. yes. Yeah. So it was like over and over he was confirming that this was the way to go. Well, I had to go in faith that I would actually get into the doctoral program because I only had a master's of communication and I needed the master's of divinity in languages in order to even apply for the doctoral program. Mm. So I went and the Lord worked all of the details out. I was able to get my education for the languages. I got to the point of applying for the doctoral program and I realized I didn't have a sponsor and you need to have a sponsor to speak for you in order to be your supervisor before you have a chance to get into the doctoral program. Now, I don't know how you all are, but I'm not very good at networking. It's not my strength. I'm an introvert. <laughs> I have trouble even reaching out to people and 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 developing, you know, just – superficial relationships. I'm not good with that. Deep relationships I can do (laughs) with one-on-one. I like that. But the whole networking, I've never really done that very well. So I was praying and I was telling the Lord, Father, I can't do this. I don't know how to do this. I'm not good at doing this. And I asked him if he could just give me a supervisor. And one of the classes I was taking at the time was taught by a professor that I respected a great deal. I had I had been afraid to take him for the language classes because I heard how hard he was, <laughs> but i I respected him, and I was in his classes, and I worked very hard in his classes but um, one day I was walking out of his class and he asked me just off the top of his head what i was in, what I intended to do after the I graduated from the masters of divinity, and I told him, and this was right after i'd prayed that prayer about. Needing God to arrange my supervisor.
0: Sponsor. And,
4: okay. Exactly. And he said, um, I told him I would like to get in the doctoral program, but um, I wasn't sure how to proceed. And he said, well, do you have a supervisor? And I said, no. <laughs> <laughs> right. And he just volunteered to be my supervisor. And it was someone I would have been too intimidated by to ask, mm-hmm. but I will tell you, it was the most perfect arrangement I could have asked for.
0: It was like self-appointed. It was
4: <laughs> it was divinely appointed yes. because the Lord knew exactly what I needed to keep me going. That's a long process to have to go through the doctoral program and write your dissertation. and And he knew how I was wired, and he knew who could best encourage me and motivate me. And my supervisor is... Uh, Dr. Russell Fuller, he it was just the most incredible encouragement. I mean, he provided encouragement for me the entire time, even through my defense, he encouraged me, and I never would have made it if God had not put that all together, because it's not something I would have tried to do myself, I could have done myself. God just put it together. And so I think back and I think, you know, if God calls me to something, then he will make a way. I don't have to hit my head against a closed door god will make a way Amen. and so i it's one of the, one of those encouraging memorial stones i think about every now and again when i'm in a holding pattern again like i am right now and <laughs> wondering where do i go lord what do you want me to do i remember back and i i know that if as long as i'm seeking the lord and seeking him with my whole heart then he will guide my steps and he will open the doors when he wants to open the doors, and I need to relax and rest in his presence and be faithful to do what he's called me to do for that day and just wait sometimes.
1: Psalm 4610.
4: (laughs) Exactly. Absolutely. That's the hardest
2: Scripture in the Bible, be still and know he's God.
4: That's right.
2: We're just not wired that way.
4: No, and I'm not wired that way either. (laughs) I'm a doer. I I have something, I line it out, I know what I need to do to attain it, and I try to do it. I'm task-oriented that way. But sometimes God doesn't want you to do all of these things. He just wants you to wait and rest in him.
1: That's the worst word. I know it, isn't
4: it? I know, and I'm not good at it. I admit I am so not good at it. <laughs> Just but, don't
0: pray don't pray for that kind of test. No. <laughs> trust me, I
4: don't. <laughs> but um that does kind of lead to one of the last memorial stones, the whole waiting timing thing, which the Lord keeps having to teach me is that his timing is perfect. Mm. My I'm and it's never aligned with mine necessarily. But
2: oh, you're yeah. in a room full of undergraduates oh, there. Uh. Sure.
4: <laughs> it is perfect. Um, after I graduated uh, from seminary with my doctorate in Old Testament, I, I came back and my family was going through a lot of different things. My, my grandmother had Alzheimer's and was in the home. My mother was caring for her. My dad ended up being diagnosed with cancer, melanoma, and had to go through chemotherapy. And there was so much going on. I felt like everything was put on hold. It had to be put on hold. I didn't try to get a a teaching job right after that because I had my Campus Crusade job, praise God. And so everything went on hold. And that was one of the most difficult periods of my time, my life, just watching what my mother was going through and what my dad was going through and my grandmother and feeling like I could contribute very little. (laughs) But trying to do what, what I could with what God had given me. Everybody has different gifts, and, mm-hmm. and so we use our gifts that He has given us. Sometimes we wish we had other gifts, <laughs> but um, during that process, I had to continually remind myself you know, that if God wanted me to have a teaching job, He would provide it. I didn't have to worry about losing ground or going backwards because God was in charge, God was in charge of the situation. And right after my dad's cancer treatments sort of were winding down, they were ending because he was finished with the program and praise the Lord, it it kind of was in remission. Um, And my grandmother ended up um, having to be taken care of differently from how we had done before. And all of a sudden, I got this email from nowhere, it was literally from nowhere, it felt like.
1: I know those and
4: emails. <laughs> <laughs> it was um, from an acquaintance in seminary and just asked me if I would be interested in teaching at the South Asia Institute of, of Advanced Christian Studies in Bangalore, India. It's a seminary. Um, where the students come from India and all around different countries to get their higher education, master's level, doctoral level, and they needed um, more teachers coming in from the states and different different countries to support the ministry. And I was like, are you kidding? I, <laughs> <laughs> I would love to do that. And again, there were still details that had to be worked out. I had to work it out with my supervisor at campus crusade had to make sure it really was god's will my
0: Mm -hmm. first thought is do you speak hindu no but they speak english
4: and quite well (laughs) so the seminary actually the classes are all taught in english most of the classes are taught in english and so i didn't have to learn hindu thank goodness that would have (laughs) been (laughs) something but and i was teaching hebrew so it was we were, I was teaching in English, but we were learning Hebrew. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but anyway, the Lord worked it out. And I, again, he reaffirmed to me, you know, his timing is perfect. He worked it out right at the end of my dad's treatments. I didn't feel like I had to be here every month um, every, during the whole month that I was gone. I had peace that he really was okay. And it, I was right in the center of God's will. And there's no better place to be. There
1: is no better place than the
4: center of God's will. And so I guess that's one of my last memorial stones that I have time probably to talk about here. But the fact that God's timing, even though we feel frustrated waiting in the moment, his timing is perfect. Mm-hmm. And as long as we're doing what He's asked us to do, then he will open the doors and mm-hmm. he will provide the guidance for the next steps that we need. And so that's one of the most encouraging things to think back and reflect on in my life, too, because I have tried to seek the Lord's face my life. Um, Every step of the way, I've asked God, all right, what am I supposed to do here? (laughs) Now, I haven't done perfectly in every circumstance by any stretch of the imagination, but he's always been faithful to guide me and make sure that I, I ended up where he needed me to be. And I'm so grateful for that because he's such a compassionate, merciful God, and he, he cares about what his children need when they need it. <laughs> and so it's just a blessing. I can look back on my life and I see the blessing of having a godly mother. So there are mothers out there. Everything you do to encourage your children, trust me, the Lord will turn it back. And I'm, I'm testimony to the faithfulness of a godly mother. And it's a blessing. It's a blessing. And whatever you're called to do, do it with all your might. <laughs> Amen. Because he has different callings for everyone, and he works it all out. So, well,
1: what do you think about Fritz? Kept on talking about waiting. Yeah. <laughs>
0: Not wave. easy. Riding the wave It reminds me I uh, I had Lyme disease Years and years ago Back in 96
2: That explains it
0: and <laughs> <laughs> That explains a lot um, But I Knew something was wrong When I, I couldn't walk I physically could not move mm-hmm. And I remember praying And saying God Will I ever walk again?
4: Oh wow And
0: I couldn't move My extremities
4: mm-hmm.
0: And every now and then I could wiggle a finger, Oh my. or I could wiggle a toe. And I had studied enough about um, disabilities and that kind of thing that I knew if I could still move mm-hmm. an extremity like that, then there's hope. So I would pray and say, okay, God, am I going to walk again? And I'd get a little twinge of a finger, a little <laughs> twinge of a toe, and I would get this message of yes. Mm-hmm. And then I'd say, okay, when? And it was the answer was always not now. And right. I'm like, oh, I got to wait.
4: <laughs> mm. Waiting is really hard. I'm in that waiting zone even yet now because I'm still not fully sure of what the Lord has you know, intended for me to do. And so I'm in this waiting zone again. I'm going back to teach again in February, but we're waiting to see what God wants. And that's hard. No matter yes. where you are.
2: You're in good company, Nancy. Oh, yes, she is. <laughs> Welcome to the waiting zone.
4: Yes, it's the waiting room. <laughs> here at
2: GSR. The
4: Lord's yeah. waiting room. We're a
2: whole bunch of waiting going on here. Oh, there is.
4: So, But the good, good thing is, he's in charge. He is sovereign, and he knows.
0: <laughs> he, he brought does. you to our doorstep. That's amazing.
2: <laughs> and he throws us a bone every once it's in a, a while. Just you know when you bone. get so frustrated, and you just got to know if you're on the right path or not. or, And he just... He just gives you that bone, throws yeah, you does. the bone.
4: He gives you what you need at the time that you need it. He sure does. And the importance is just to persevere and to hold on to the Lord and be faithful and just faithful for today. You know, do what he wants you to do this day. Right. We do I hated that him. word,
2: <laughs> perseverance. <laughs> mm. Oh, yes. Well, but uh, it's come to, uh, to be my favorite scripture, though, yeah. mm-hmm. in Philippians. Yeah, mm-hmm. But that is so cool that I was just studying that in Deuteronomy. Just last night, and here she comes in talking about, about the stones. Well, and that has got to be one of d- the neatest ways to present a testimony I've ever heard.
1: Well, the good part of, about Deuteronomy is 28, not 26, 27. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs>
4: Well, and the important thing is everyone, I think every believer really does need to erect those remembrance stones in their lives Mm -hmm. because we need to be ready to give, you know, a testimony and to tell people what has God done in my life?
0: Mm.
4: What has he done and what is it that keeps me going and how do I know the Lord from what he's done in my life? And it's not something, I mean, that's hard to do. You just think about the, the things that God has done and erect your remembrance stone to that thing and tell people point to the glory of god because he is great and he does deserve our our worship and our adoration and our praise Mm -hmm. amen we we do that when we remind people what god has done
1: well it's also bring trying to bring the gospel to them as well when you're trying to tell them what god has done for you
0: absolutely i had a moment today uh mormons came knocking on my door (laughs) and i said Mm -hmm. let me I got something for you. Mm-hmm. I'll be right back. And I ran over to my car and I got out my business cards for God Stories Radio. And I said, "This is what I do. Mm-hmm. This is my ministry. This is what I do now." And mm-hmm. and I said, "This is for you." And I and I told him about um, real life, our church that we go to. I told him about um, going on the mission trip for real help and right. being baptized and just told them everything I could about the gospel, and it was just an uh, incredible time. Always talk to them. You know, I think if you're a believer, you have something to
4: share, and that's even more important than what they want to share. Share the faith that we have in the Lord Jesus Christ and the fact that he is our Savior. He's the reason we live. He's the reason we have hope for tomorrow. And we do have a hope that no one else who, who does not have a relationship with the Lord Jesus really has. We have a promise that he will come back. Mm-hmm. If we if we die before he comes back, we'll be with him. Absent in the body, present with the Lord. But if we he, he tarries and we're alive when he comes back, then, oh my goodness, I cannot wait. In a blink wait. of an eye. In a <laughs> blink of an eye, we will be with him. Amen. And it's it's a glorious testimony, something to share.
1: All right. And we all, when we see those people coming to the door, we usually close the blinds, lock the door, and just sit in the dark waiting for him to leave.
0: My first thought was, I'm going to tell Jim to go to the door and send them away. And God was like, uh, 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 uh. And I was like, that's
1: your chance.
4: All Mm -hmm. right,
0: let me go get my cards.
4: (laughs) And we're called to that. I mean, we are the watchmen. If we do not sound the alarm, there is a hell and there is a heaven. And there is Jesus is the way, the truth and the life. And no man comes to the father, but by him. And if we do not sound the alarm, we will be guilty of their 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 blood. blood. Um, Ezekiel <laughs> the watchman and so it's really important I there's a, a man in my church who's who's going out of his way to witness to those of a, a another religion who don't know the Lord Jesus as their Savior and I'm so amazed to see how God opens doors for him to share pieces of the gospel with them just because he's faithful to do it,
1: hmm. mm-hmm. it it's sad because uh, again, when I see him coming now, I can't wait for him to knock on the door, and I'll go out and try and do the best I can. And I ask God to give me some words. Right. you know. And there was three women that came once, and I, I actually s- scared them away. I mean, they, they, the, the, you could tell who was in charge, and she said, let's go. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I happen to ask them, mm-hmm. do you think you're going to heaven? Are you going to heaven?
3: Mm-hmm.
1: And they pl- plain out said no. And I says, well, I am 100%. And that's pretty sad that you're not.
4: And we have to have compassion for the lost. I mean, the Lord's heart broke when he looked out and he saw how many people were lost and wandering about and needing someone who cared for them. And the compassion for the lost compels us to share the gospel Mm -hmm. because Jesus loves them. Jesus died for people who are rejecting his gift every day. Mm -hmm. And so I think one of the most important things a believer can do is continually push themselves to share the gospel, to support missions, to um, just tell their story as you're doing. Tell our story. Look what Jesus has done for me. And look what hope I have because of what Jesus has done for me.
1: Absolutely.
0: That's what we do. Mm -hmm.
1: Session 51. I would think
2: so. That was good. Wow. Thank you, Nancy. I'm going to be meditating on that testimony for a while. That's Uh, pretty cool.
1: There was a bunch of stuff in there. That there was been, a
2: lot of little nougats in oh, there.
1: Oh, there was. Stuff that we've been just even recently. So,
2: Oh, yeah. That was fantastic. Thank you so much for coming out, Nancy. We greatly appreciate it. And as we always say, there's a, definitely going to be someone some, or someones out, out there, there that
1: that needed to hear that. Needed
2: to hear it, and uh, I needed to hear it. I did, too.
1: There was some to be encouragement with there. You. Yeah, <laughs> yeah,
2: there was some encouragement there. She Absolutely. Encouraged us in ways she didn't even realize. So.
4: Thank you. Thank you for the opportunity to share my Lord.
2: <laughs> All right. Amen. The Bible says to be ready to answer. You know, when they when they pose the question, be ready. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So anyway, well, thanks for hanging out with us for 40 minutes. This is uh, God Stories Radio, Session 51. I'm Fritz. I'm Mike. And I'm Trish. God
1: bless. God bless.
3: Take away the melodies. Take away the songs I sing. Take away all the lies And all the songs you let me write Does the man I am today Without Your grace Another smile, another face Another breath, a grain of sand Passing quickly through Your hand I give my life an offering Take it all, take everything Let them see it